Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We would like to welcome our audience to the Red State Talk Radio post-debate roundtable. We have several of our show hosts present to talk about what we just witnessed in the first presidential debate between Donald J. Trump and Hillary Clinton. I would like to make some introductions uh, of our show hosts. We have the great J.J. McCartney. So, hello. Yeah, hello, Scott. Hello, and we have Brian Bonner from Uncooperative Radio. Hello, Scott. And Steve Pauls from Striker Radio. Hey, guys. And we got Paul Preston from Agenda 21 Radio. Hello, everyone. And, of course, Patrick Fernary. We have him from Commoner Sense Radio. Hello, how are we doing tonight? Yeah. Wow. And we also have Jay Borowski, who will soon be hosting a show with us as well. You can say hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and then, of course, you have Scott Adams and Leonor Cravota. Yes. All right, so welcome one, welcome all. Uh, we're going to start off in a roundtable discussion, and we want to get J.J. McCartney in, start off with J.J. J.J., what were your thoughts about the debate? Well, uh, thank you very much, Scott. First of all, um, my, my thought on the debate is that no major uh, damage was done by either side. It was uh, it was uneventful. Uh, I believe that the uh, debate all along has been overhyped a bit. Expectations were that it was going to be a rock'em, sock'em, robot-style thing. And there was some verbal jousting, but I thought that uh, uh, Trump's uh, tax returns uh, swap for uh, – Hillary's 30,000 emails released was a, was a funny line. But uh, aside from that, I thought Hillary was a bit snarky at times. Uh, Donald Trump was just uh, being himself. And um, quite honestly, I, I get a little frustrated that sometimes it seems as though he his lack of uh, real rehearsal um, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, it manifests itself in awkwardness. And there were some awkward moments, but it was nothing that did any real damage. I thought that Lester Holt was a terrible moderator, did a very poor job of even coming close to controlling the uh, flow of things. And uh, other than that, no disasters on either side. I don't think there was any real damage done. And uh, I think that, you know, nobody's minds probably were changed by tonight's debate. Well, there was a word missing out of this debate, and I think I tried to count it. I don't think I heard the word Libya mentioned all night. Uh, well, there was there was uh, 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 there was a brief mention of Libya, but the word Benghazi didn't come up. And I think that that was a mistake by Donald Trump. All right. So, J.J. McCartney, you have the J.J. McCartney show. What time do you actually air on Red State Talk Radio? Yeah, we are live every weekday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Excellent. So we're going to pass it along to Brian Bonner. Brian Bonner has a show on Red State Talk Radio called Uncooperative Radio with Susan Bonner, his lovely wife. And Brian, tell us when you air your radio show. Our, shows, our shows are on 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday and Sunday evening. Okay. Hello, all. Hello, oh, hi, Susan. Susan. How are you? Wow, I'm not the only lady on the hour. Okay, great. Welcome, Susan. So, what was your what were your thoughts about uh, the debate? 
Well, I agree that the moderator uh, lost complete control of the debate and was very, very courteous to uh, Clinton. Uh, Trump didn't impress me. Uh, I was looking for more. He didn't do bad. It just he didn't impress me. I like, for instance, on the taxes, it was an easy comeback for that. You know, you're not. That's because you're not paying any federal income taxes. He said it's because I'm smart, and I agree with that. However, he does pay taxes because he pays his employees, and his employees pay taxes, and he pays a lot more money to his employees than most people pay in taxes. So that that was a, a lost moment. I thought. Uh, oh, I agree with you. For so many times uh, during the night when I thought, Trump, Donald, say this, do that. And he just wasn't going for the jugular like I thought he could. Uh, we're going to bring Steve Pauls into the fray. And Steve Pauls has a radio show on Red State Talk Radio entitled Striker Radio. And, Steve, when do you, when does your show air? It's a, you have a weekend. Uh, my program airs first Saturday night, late 11, and then variously Sundays and Tuesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I get special treatment. Thoughts? Thoughts about the debate? Uh, I kind of agree with a lot of that's already been said. I don't expect this debate's going to change tons of people's minds. It was interesting. I'd forgotten kind of what Donald Trump is like when he's not on the teleprompter because, of course, Kellyanne Conway's managed to muzzle him with the, uh, the teleprompter the past six weeks or so. He was off teleprompter tonight, and he reverted back to rambling, um, frankly, rude Lots of faces, belligerent Donald Trump. Hillary was plastic and over-rehearsed, uh, and I think somebody said smug. That works. She was smug a lot of times. I can't imagine lots of people watching this and saying, that you know, that does it. I'm going to change my view. I think the people who like Trump unleashed will be thrilled with his performance. Those that are appalled by him and who think Hillary was statesmanlike or whatever term you want to use are going to be are going to be pleased with her. And then people like me, who have no dog in this fight, who I'm not a fan of either, feel despair. As somebody recently said to me, very recently, a big Trump supporter, 300 million people in the country, and these are the two people we've got to vote for. And I think the debate tonight, uh, both of them, uh, for me, confirmed, yuck. Uh, it's it's a pretty grim place we're in. So, uh, that was kind of. I actually thought it was kind of, uh, in some sometimes kind of dull. As as somebody said a minute ago, I don't know if this debate could have lived up to the almost ridiculous hype we've been hearing about it since what May. It's like super so numbers. There were moments when I thought it really, really flagged. Um, so I, I don't expect a whole lot of change. Maybe on the margins, I could see a few people saying, "Well, you know, Hillary at least." You know, wasn't scowling and rolling her eyes and huffing. And, and that's what Donald Trump's sniffing. He really needs to get that under control. Somebody needs to talk to him about that. That was kind of distracting right. uh, stylistically. But anyways, maybe maybe on the margin, some folks thinking, well, she kind of controlled herself a little better. But again, I don't think it's going to make any big difference. I doubt that I think she had an edge on style. And I think that's where the practice really came into handy for, for Hillary Clinton. But she's all she's an act. You know, she's an actress when she gets on that stage. And I think that Donald Trump was really shooting from the hip. But, you know, it had me thinking about how, how you know, Barack Obama didn't quite prepare for his their first debate. And Mitt Romney really gave him a shellacking. But, the con, you know, but, but in the end, you know, uh, 
uh, after all of the debates, Obama, I think, got the best of Mitt Romney in, in the end. Um, but, uh, you know, Paul Preston, the great Paul Preston, host of Agenda 21, tell us when you air and tell us what your thoughts are were about the debate. Well, Agenda 21 uh, Radio airs on Red State Talk Radio from 9 to noon daily and then from uh, noon to uh, 3 o'clock, and that's on the Encore. And, uh, yeah, five days a week, actually six days a week, I guess the show is, uh, runs on replays on uh, on Saturday and Sunday. But, uh, yeah, we get after five days a week, uh, 15 hours of programming. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's, it's uh, more fun than the debates, obviously. But, um, no, I, I, um, I was uh, really particularly um, – impressed from the standpoint that Donald Trump, for the first time in his life, actually had a one-on-one debate, a presidential debate. He's only had one. Hillary Clinton has had 15. Uh, so just that part of it, now you can parse out what he said, his dialogue and so on, um, and how he came out. And of course, there was enough for the people that love it when he goes extemporaneous and he's not on the, on the teleprompter, which is kind of interesting because we're seeing more Donald Trump on teleprompter and he's being more focused and on point than ever before. Uh, which, uh, being an educator for 41 years, I, I kind of have a tendency to look at some of these candidates about, you know, how well do they learn? And I've been watching Donald Trump on a teleprompter, uh, just that part of it. And I'm a big extemporaneous speaker. Don't, don't get me wrong. That's the first thing you got to do. Unlike, uh, Obama, who learned how to speak off of a teleprompter, he's not an extemporaneous speaker. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is an extemporaneous speaker. And when you're an extemporaneous speaker, you get what you got, you know. Uh, my point is, is that as he started to learn how to become a better speaker on the teleprompter, he's done a fantastic job um, of making his point and staying on point. He's listening to Kellyanne Conley and everybody else about how to make his point. And if you saw his speech the other night in Roanoke, Virginia, it was brilliant. I mean, I was like, I was, as the educator, used to grade kids on speeches. I was like, going, my God, where'd this guy come from? All of a sudden it clicked and there was an epiphany and he just, he really went into it. Um, I view this particular debate tonight as a part of his learning curve because we have two more left. I agree. And I think everybody's assessment of Hillary Clinton is absolutely spot on so far. Uh, very plastic. Um, and again, it's the same old Hillary we've heard from for 30 years. I think uh, Hillary, as she got to speak even more, uh, people got to see the actual lies that she's been telling about so many things. I think a major point that was made by Donald Trump was the ISIS connection in which she actually at one point wanted to move on from the subject. If you notice, she did not, she, she, she checked out there and she did not want that conversation to go any further about the ISIS. That was a little bit later on in the, uh, in the debate, but overall, I think uh, nobody, I don't think a lot of minds were changed. I think there were a lot of subtleties and nuances. And I think that they're going to go back to, uh, square one, and everybody's going to assess what they're going to do in the next debate. I look for Donald Trump to come out gangbusters in the second debate and really start laying it on her. I really do. He's he's that capable of learning how to become a better speaker well, yeah. and become a better debater. I think he's seeing firsthand how vicious she could be. She was very vicious tonight. And, uh, you know, I think he's not as vicious, really, but he can be when provoked. And I think that's what we saw tonight. Patrick, I know you're a big Trump fan. Patrick Freneri, you have the, a great show uh, called Commoner Sense Hour, right? Commoner Sense Hour. Right. Tell us when you air on Red State Talk Radio. It's, uh, it starts Tuesday at uh, 1 a.m., goes through Saturday at 1 a.m., and then you're kind enough over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to play a lot of uh, 
select shows, and uh, so there's basically an opportunity uh, seven days a week to hear the Commoner Sense Hour. We just started five days a week uh, back on Labor Day. And you have a great book. What's it called? Commoner Sense, The Working Person's Guide to America. That certainly makes sense. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump is a bit of a working person's guide to the presidency, it seems like. Well, I identify him uh, with him a lot uh, in the fact that I've been a, uh, a builder for almost 40 years. So uh, you really have to plan. You have to work with a lot of people. You have to negotiate a lot of things. And you have to do things right. And uh, I think that that's part of the mentality he's trying to get across. Uh, I agree with, uh, 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 I think it was, uh, was it Mr. Pauls that uh, was saying about uh, the, uh, his, no, it wasn't Steve, it was someone else, but his, his Roanoke speech uh, in Virginia. Um, yeah, that nice. was, uh, it was just, just incredible. Um, he really did a great job, and then I saw somebody later say, it was Mr. Preston that mentioned that. Um, he, was saying, he was saying later that uh, um, people on Fox were going, oh, was that scripted? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. of course, that's the nature of a speech. It is scripted, and he's become very good at it. And um, off the cuff, I mean, this is his first presidential uh, debate and the GOP got what they deserved. They got a citizen candidate that has stood up and challenged them. And like I always like to say to you, and um, in the many interviews I've done with JJ, I always like to look at the big picture. And uh, this is actually quite a big moment in history because Donald Trump is fighting the longtime narrative, decades and decades and decades. Again, it, it has been driven by the Republican Party, the Democrats, the media, and the lobbyists. And um, Hillary complains about him as a businessman and stuff, but there isn't anybody in our government from Barack Obama, congressmen, senators, or indeed Hillary Clinton that could stand one day of what Donald Trump goes through in business. They'd be in tears by 10 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And Jay Borowski from the Borowski Report. It's a new show that's going to be on Red State Talk Radio, and we're welcoming Jay Borowski to the Red State Forum. Thanks, Scott. Um, I would have to say that I agree with most everyone uh, in an amalgam sort of way. I don't have a horse in, in this race at all. I'm not a big fan of either one of them, but I do agree with what Steve had said Um I do think that this was didn't change anyone's minds. I don't think there was anything that truly stood out as a real knockdown shot, let alone uh, a KO altogether. And what I found is that Trump was not prepared in the way that he should have been. I think, again, he's still shooting off the hip and thinking he can wing it in a debate. And... I saw numerous lost opportunities to attack Hillary Clinton. And it was those, I I found that to be probably the biggest mistake all night. We mentioned, you know, it's been mentioned about Libya, Benghazi. She had this gigantic opening saying that you can trust us (laughs) on the international stage. (laughs) With Trump. Yeah. That was a missed opportunity. She put her chin out, and he didn't take a slug at her. Yeah, some, something else, uh, this is JJ, something else I thought there was a missed opportunity 
uh, was the failure uh, for him to uh, come back when she accused him of not paying taxes. His failure to come back with some facts and figures and to even mention the uh, corrupt Clinton Foundation. Um, maybe he's saving all that for another debate, but I thought that was uh, an area where he definitely could have done a better job. Well, let me ask someone, and anyone can chime in, uh, but it seemed to me like he didn't go to the uh, meat and potatoes because everybody's aware of the meat and potatoes, right? And so maybe he was going around the meat and potatoes thinking, well, the meat and potatoes would be somewhat redundant and obvious. Anyone? Do you want a woman's no, I think opinion? If that was the case, I think, I think it was a huge mistake because, of course, uh, the, 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 these the debates are supposed to be, for millions of Americans, maybe the entree to this race. You know, everybody's saying, well, you can't really, you know, nail anything down as far as polls and things until after Labor Day and, and then maybe even after the first debate because that's when people really start paying attention. So, if, if that, Scott, if that's his reasoning, wow, somebody needs to be fired for not correcting that because there are, I'm sure, are, it's hard for, you know, wonks like us to, to remember this, but. There are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans who really still aren't dialed in, and maybe they tuned in tonight. And we, we talk about Benghazi and emails and all that. They might have, at best, kind of a tangential familiarity of this stuff. He's got to drive home this, as has been said, these glaring, basic problems with Hillary Clinton. And frankly, she needs to do the same thing. Because a lot of people aren't, don't have any clue about some of the stuff that's been launched to Trump. If either of them assume that, that people already know this, they're blowing it, and it could cost them the election. I, I agree with you there. Leonora, you have something to say. You know, it's interesting. While the debate was taking place, I was receiving a feed of some tweets that were coming from different publications. And I actually, you know, based on these tweets, it was quite positive. This came from somebody from, through the, New our, York from Times. the RNC. Uh, but from the New York Times actually had a, had a uh, quote from a guy named Ross. So I'm going to bastardize the last name. Do thought and his line was trump is winning and, and you know the, again this was probably about midway through the debate and then there were also other ones which basically complimented the way he handled the the trade the trade sections and saying that was probably the best part of the debate but i agree with what everybody else has been saying i think that there were a number of missed opportunities i also think you know both of them at one point or another lost their composure early on trump was looking really angry and, and it, i was happy to see him tone it down a little bit he's got to improve that for the next Debate. Yeah, Ross Dutat is uh, writes for a National Review, believe it or not, and uh, he writes the movie reviews. But he also writes for one of the big papers. Is it the New York Times? Made? Did, did you say that, Leonor? Was it the New York Times? Times. He said he said Trump is winning. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a uh, he's a conservative. I like him. Um, like I said, he writes for a National Review. Interestingly, which of course is never Trump uh, in their editorial policy, at least. But that's interesting that he said that. That kind of surprises me a little bit. I just heard from it, Jay that he's the resident conservative at the New York Times, which shows you uh, what yeah, I know. Yeah. Has anyone seen any of the polls? I've been trying to get over to the Drudge poll, for example. Yep. No, uh, Drudge Drudge report. I'm just looking at it right now. Live poll. Uh, 90.3% Donald Trump won, uh, 9.6% Hillary Clinton, and about uh, 18,000 votes tallied so far. Wow. Well, that, that's equivalent to the Ron Paul winning. I mean, let's face mm -hmm. it, guys. Drudge is totally in the bag for Trump. Just let's be honest. I don't even go to the Drudge Report anymore because it's so, it's so biased. So, 
you know, I mean, I, I, if he didn't win, 90% surprises me a little bit, but if Trump didn't win a Drudge poll, I'd be shocked. Well, no, so, that's not really the exercise. The exercise by looking at a Drudge poll is just to see what kind of volume is going through it, and the volume is great. I couldn't even get. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, look, the Trump people like Drudge, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be there. There's no doubt about that. But do you guys want a vo- woman's opinion? Yes, yes Susan, of course Susan we Bond. do. Oh, okay. Right, I wasn't sure. We want to count her. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure because uh, actually there is a pseudo woman running for the presidency, which uh, to me just shocks me that this woman is not in orange garb and having a. Well, she was wearing a, orange. Yeah, tonight. tonight she was wearing red, dear, not orange. Well, it came out as orange. No, it was red. It was <laughs> bright <laughs> communist <laughs> red. By the way, Susan was on cooperative radio, so that's what you get when you listen to. Uncooperative. Go ahead, Susan. So the deal was with me is I wanted um, Trump to be angry. If he wasn't going to go after he needed to look stern, which he did. I want a candidate that doesn't look like the the Joker. At one point, she literally looked like the Joker from Batman, for Christ's sake. I mean, all she did was smile and laugh and smile. It's all the smiling laugh. This This is is what I want my president. Mm. I want him to be stern. I want him to look serious. I don't want this joker up there. We already have a joker up there. I'm sorry. Did you not notice? Didn't she seem like she was ready to, like, pass out at any moment? Yeah, and and some points she did. I mean, her (laughs) eyes just, like, glazed over. I'm like, really? I really wanted a fainting moment. It would have been friggin' great. Um, there was. Yeah, that that would have been the highlight of the evening, no doubt. You know, um, that, by the way, another another live poll. I just wanted to pass this along from Time. dot com. That's Time Magazine. Time. dot com. Uh, almost one hundred ninety five thousand votes cast. Donald Trump fifty four percent. Hillary forty six percent. Wow. You know, and I really, really got a little annoyed at her and her handlers that she had to bring up the stuff about Trump being against women. Does does her handlers even listen to news? He has been had so many women come out and say how fairly they've been treated. And if I was him, but that's the thing that I got kind of upset with. I wouldn't have even replied. I would have said, you know, you're a liar. I mean, that's what I was expecting. Well, she dropped the racist card, too. I know. She did. And it's like, but but again, those uninformed listeners of the crap that's out there on mainstream media is not going to know this. That's so true. Well, Paul Preston, Paul Preston from Agenda 21 Radio, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I think that this is the prelude to the rest of the other two debates and a um, couple of things that I saw, you know, I'm going to approach it from a clinical standpoint with Hillary Clinton and her eye rolling and all the other stuff. I think I think she was in deep trouble physically, um, if not mentally, in a couple of different uh, key points there. She was making some points, the laughing, the, the facial features, and so on. Those are those are, in my opinion, um, expressions of somebody who's in, in deep distress. And uh, I was looking at that. I was certainly the one that really popped out was the ISIS comment when Donald uh, really started to drive home to her about ISIS and helping to form ISIS through her policies. And, and there's much more to that story, as we all know, especially here on Agenda 21 Radio. We know we know the full, complete story, which is still yet to come out. He was. I thought he was very measured and to not go after that. In fact, in most of the things, he didn't uh, turn out to be the big monster that people thought he was going to be. He had the shadings of it. We all saw that. And that was and, uh, goal. But I, I don't think that uh, he lost by any stretch of the imagination uh, the rest of the people, because I think most people are more informed now 
than ever before about Hillary Clinton. And, you know, she's taken, what, six or seven days off. She's had these incidences. You know, this is all a package that all of a sudden she shows up on debate night, but where's she been before? And Donald actually made that point pretty clear. But, um, you know, the left is going to say that uh, she won and, you know, she dominated and the right's going to say, you know, he dominated. Actually, I think the people in the middle are speaking right now through some of these polls. And by the way, the, the Drudge Report um, in their polling number has never been wrong, by the way. But the other part of it is the sheer volume of people that are voting. I think you brought that up, uh, uh, Scott. That, but now you get time, you get some other ones. You'll start to see these things filter in. And I suspect Donald Trump will be uh, considered the winner. You're going to call it a winner. Well, it's definitely looking that way a little bit um, on the onset based on the poll that JJ was reading. Now, I, I think that he did in some ways do better than she did, but obviously there's areas for improvement, particularly in just being controlling his reactions and his temperament. Right. That's it. That's his Achilles heel. He's, he's got to be careful with that because, but he has the humor that she lacks and she was better in the sense that she was composed because we have to remember that our last image of her most recently was that image where she appeared unhinged with that video in, in Nevada where she was talking about, uh, oh my God. why she's not 50 points ahead. She, head. Yeah, she looked you know, crazy. Donald Trump explained all that. And I don't think a lot of people were registering what that was about, but you know, I want to remind our listeners that were uh, they're listening to a live red state talk radio presentation post debate discussion and we have many guests who are show hosts including jj mccartney jj airs three to five weekdays live every single weekday and brian bonner and susan bonner part of uncooperative radio steve pauls a weekend warrior has striker radio Paul Preston airs 9 to 12 weekdays and also on the weekends and has a great big following. And then Patrick Fernary. Patrick Fernary has Commoner Sense Radio, and he's also on the weekends and throughout the week. And we love Patrick Fernary's uh, new show that he's brought to Red State Talk Radio. And then Jay Borowski, we have a new show that's about to arrive on the blocks, happens to be Borowski Report. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Who wants to who wants to chime in and who has something that they're just foaming at the mouth to to say something? Uh, just one thing, Scott, if you don't mind. This is uh, this is Patrick. Um, Donald Trump didn't win the primary on debate performances, no matter how they were scored or how the media interpreted whether he won them or not. He won them in between. The debates. And I don't know if he can do that in a general election process, but he will spring back from this. What you're going to see after this debate is that Hillary's point, they're basically tied right now. Hillary's going to pull ahead a little bit. It'll be one, two, three points, four points maybe in some polls in that range. Then it's going to level out again. Politics is um, a matter of timing and momentum. And I do believe that Donald Trump will hit his stride when he needs to hit his stride. And I hope that um, you know, people take advantage of this to uh, change the direction of America instead of following the big narrative lie that we've been living. Well, I thought it was a smirky, arrogant answer when he said, well, you know, you, st- you decided to stay home. And she said, well, I decided to prepare for this debate, as if to say that he didn't. But, you know? That's- right. That's almost playground and childlike. Yeah, it really was. It was to me. That's a student council debate. It is. It really is. I really don't care about the polls. I don't believe they're close at all. 
No, I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, first of all, the, uh, the mainstream media polls that they're, they're pushing out there are all oversampling Democrats by quite a bit Definitely. when it comes right down to it. I think that, uh, the internal numbers, which are the ones that the campaigns are looking at, I believe it's, it's not that close of a race. I think Donald Trump is up by maybe as much as eight per eight points, nine points in the national race. Well, and, you know, wow. it's not just the polls. Um, I was more impressed with how many endorsements he's getting. And I know yes. the look on her face was like every time yep. he said an endorsement, she just like looked down or looked up. And then she had the stupid fake smile. Oh, God. And you know what was really annoying? No, it was guys? a smile laugh. <laughs> you know, See, she was laughing without noise because she's a cackler. Now, I didn't sit through the whole thing, guys. But I was going back and forth getting stuff for Brian. And every time I left, because as you know, we live in two buses and an RV. So every time I left, he was on. And then every single time I came back into this room, she was talking. Or when I left, she was talking. When I came back, she was talking. Is it just me? It was timing. <laughs> has, she... anyone ever seen the, has anyone ever seen the movie Working Girl? You know. Uh, oh. As a matter of fact, we watched it night before last. Well, Sigourney Weaver, you know, when she was like, I will not be treated like okay. that. I will not stand for that but kind of talk. You have to know something, Scott. The character that, that Sid, Sigourney Weaver played went to Wellesley just like Hillary Clinton. That's right. There yeah. was a connection there. <laughs> Coincidence. Apparently, they, 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 they majored in pretense. Yeah. Well, Brian yeah. had said that. Yeah, I thought, I thought this, this is Steve. I thought it was interesting. Apparently, Hillary's handlers were able to uh, prep her, I guess I'd say, to tone down the cackling and the shrieking. She was pretty I, composed tonight. Uh, I agree, it was plastic. Certainly, I don't think anybody uh, who doesn't like Hillary is going to be won over by it. But I don't think she had any finger on chalkboard uh, moments. I, 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 there were a couple of moments, uh, I have to say, where uh, irony screamed out at me. Hillary chiding uh, Trump for lack of integrity. And then she made a statement toward the end, America, uh, the world needs to know that America keeps its word. Well, of course, we know that the Clintons are, are proverbial in their inability to be honest, to be people of integrity. And then I thought it was kind of ironic when Trump went after her for her temperament. Um, that's pretty pretty brassy. Uh, he's not exactly temperamental, I don't think, presidential in his temperament. And... Uh, also, when he attacked her for uh, using a harsh name for thugs, that was the super predators thing. Um, again, Trump's a name caller himself. So the ironies abounded on both sides. And so for that reason, again, I think that people who like Trump are going to stick with them. People who like Hillary are going to stick with them. Those who are undecided might have turned this thing off and said, I'm still completely at sea. I don't like either of them. Well, Donald right. Trump has a much more secure base than Hillary ever did. But to Jay Borowski's point, uh, where he said that, you know, Hillary stuck her chin out there to get whacked uh, several times. I thought one time when she was given a two and three minute lecture about cybersecurity, I'm like, why am I not? Oh, my God. That's yeah. <laughs> why am I not hearing about Chappaqua? Platte River. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's really the thing. I mean, she left herself wide open. I think one of the perhaps one thing that Donald Trump was consciously trying to do tonight was to not look like the bully. And I know that that goes against his nature in many ways. But when it came to these big issues, maybe he's saving that for closer to Election Day. But for whatever reason, he pulled back on some of the punches tonight. 
Can you oh, come on, Hitlery. Hitlery, didn't she look kind of drunk? She, she looked like a bobblehead. Her head was always shaking. She had this goofy grin on her face. I mean, wasn't it weird? Like weird? Was I the only yeah, one? Her meds were starting to wear out by the end of the debate. I noticed that, too, JJ. I actually did notice that. That, that it seemed like she was fully medicated in the beginning. And about 45 minutes in, or about an hour into it, you started to see it fade. I, I think it was just a real lost opportunity for Trump tonight. Because, yeah, it's, as it's been mentioned, that the fans for each of them are in their corner. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But there's a lot of undecided still out there. And they're looking for guidance tonight. And... I don't think they received it. There was a number of times where Donald Trump really could have just sort of fleshed things out about why not Hillary. I think Hillary missed the biggest thing that she needed to do is to humanize herself. I agree with everyone that the plastic Hillary remained out there. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit less caustic in some respects. She certainly didn't cackle as much as she's done in the past. But she sure as hell didn't show up as the woman that you want to have a beer with at the bar. You know, I want everyone to I want an opinion from somebody out there. Why didn't they talk about Benghazi at all? Why did his handlers? Because they all have handlers. Why didn't his setup. handlers do that? It's a setup. It's a setup, guys. This is this this was to get her out and get her talking about a few things. They're going to use this uh, whole notion of you know where she's out there, you know, explaining all kinds of weird things, and pretty soon you're going to see these as commercial pieces. Um, as we start to get into the second uh, uh, debate, Benghazi yeah, wasn't talked about. That's going to be talked about in the future. You can bet it's going to be you, the emails. It's going to come out. It's going to explode all over her face. And there's so many other things that happened with her in her expressions that are going to start coming out, and you're going to see them in commercials. This is just the beginning of the end for her. And uh, yeah, uh, I somebody agree. like a Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a skilled learner. I mean, I've been around guys like him before. I've seen it before. He is a skilled learner. He learns very quickly. And tonight was a learning experience for him, being up on that stage. And Kellyanne Conway said, look, Donald, you go out and fail. Go ahead. And you you go ahead and you get extemporaneous and see what that looks like. Now they have a visual. They're going to sit him down and say, okay, where are you going with all this? And you got to be on point, just like you've been on point um, you know, with the teleprompter now. And getting some policy things out there because she's defeating herself. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Paul. These commercials are almost going to produce themselves um, because of so much information that's been, you know, that we know about Benghazi. We know about the, the Clinton Foundation. We know about Hillary's pay to play schemes, all of these things. And for all the bragging that she did about her gravitas when it comes to foreign affairs, I think that this is just absolutely she'll be boiling in her own oil. Well, it's her own lies, and she's boiling her own lies right now. This is what happens to sociopathic liars. You know, it's like when uh, she had the thing with the, the forum the other night, and uh, who was the moderator for that? What was his name? Um, Matt Lauer. Yeah. You know, uh, she came out, and Matt really just asked her, I think, a, a fairly reasonable question, and all of a sudden she kind of blows up. Well, she blows up, and that's what sociopathic liars do. There's a, a trigger mechanism that happened. You know, that's why they have all these things in all these universities. What trigger do you have? Well, Hillary's got a few triggers, one of them being Benghazi, uh, emails, and so on. Well, let you know, when uh, Matt Lauer asked her that, she triggered off. That's what sociopathic liars do. I've seen it in kids millions of times. And, uh, of course, she went on a, on a seven-minute rant. 
the thing that is salient about that rant is that she was making up lies as she went along. She was making up new lies to explain her behavior. And I thought to myself, this is a treasure trove. And that's exactly what she was doing tonight, making up more lies. Or the lies were so blatant to everybody to see. That's where the, the kickback is going to start coming. And they're going to use every one of those pieces that she came out with tonight. And again, she's going to go, they're going to, I'm sure, pull some from Matt Lowers as well. Um, it's a setup for her, and maybe she doesn't get it, but I think it was a pretty clear setup. Yeah, and I, I think also, uh, Paul, the, uh, the 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 things that she had to say about Donald Trump's tax returns and insinuating that he didn't pay any taxes, insinuating that he's got something to hide. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of research now done on the Clinton Foundation, the money that was funneled from Saudi Arabia through the Clinton Foundation, how much money has funneled into Hillary's coffers or into the super PACs that are supporting her. And, you know, the, the, I mean, that was she op- she opened up that conversation. And certainly, I think at the at the end of the day, by the time we get to November 8th, the American people are going to hear a lot yep. more about Hillary Clinton's skullduggery than they are about Donald Trump's. And a great yep. to bring up to say, you know, you're a public servant. How is it that while you were secretary of state, your you, your family income was 60 million dollars or something greater than that? And and how is it that the Clinton Foundation uh, revenue uh, stream skyrocketed by like a 400 percent or, you know, they had these numbers. They should have actually went there. Uh, not yet, uh, Scott. Not yet. you got to remember, this is a game and there's a game plan. And it's not time for those big guns to come out yet. And there's other there are, there are other things that are developing around it, like Comey and other, other things that are going to start to come forward, too. So. It's going to play into it. Why no refugees? Go ahead. Don, if I could jump in there for a second. Yeah, this is Patrick. Uh, I agree with Mr. Preston and, uh, and JJ, and, and I've seen this over and over with Donald Trump, and he does learn quickly. But, but here's, here's the thing. Donald Trump might have an, an attitude where he says, uh, I have instincts. I can, I can wing it. I can win this. You know, it really won't be that hard. I can win this. And, and he does have that attitude to some to some degree. But the thing is, is that the voter, the electorate, they like an underdog. If Donald Trump would have come out tonight and blown the doors off of Hillary Clinton, the scenario would be different than what Mr. Preston and J.J. are alluding to. It would be the opposite. So him being the underdog, people are going to criticize him. He's going to come back. The media will jump on this as a huge story. And if there's one thing that the American electorate likes, they like the idea of a come-from-behind underdog. And that's why I'm saying that that um, momentum and timing are everything. And yep. just see where we're at on November 8th. Can't wait for the last debate. That's going to be a doozy. Back to the bias in the lamestream meter. I mean, my God, I, they didn't bring up anything about Benghazi. Why wouldn't they do that? Unless they were to take for Hitler. They didn't bring up a, yeah. a number of topics that, that are very important to the American people. And this one is real important. I don't know if people know, Obama's planning on bringing 200,000 of them here in fiscal 2017, which starts October the 1st. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I think that, um, that, that clearly what we have going on here with Donald Trump and, you know, with, uh, with the mainstream media is what we saw tonight with the actions of Lester Holt. I, you know, I, I don't think Lester Holt, he was terrible. 
he was terrible. I'll tell, uh, yeah, I'd tell him to his face, you were terrible. And what about all this fact-checking business? Where's that all coming? That's coming from the Hillary camp. And quite frankly, I, I find it offensive that you have two debaters up there. They can't fact-check one another or, or call each other out. That's what, the, that's what a debate's all about. And Lester Holt, by injecting himself, I think, is uh, uh, being very disingenuous and clearly siding with Hillary Clinton. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. That's kind of kind of the way that Facebook um, yeah. uh, goes through and edits people's posts and 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 knocks things down that they don't like. It's it's basically the equivalent of somebody having their thumb on the scale when they're trying to sell you something. And Lester Holt tonight, I mean, his thumb was pressing down so hard on that scale, I'm surprised he didn't break it off. Well, you know, <laughs> and Hillary, Hillary kept like telling him what to do. And Laura Nora, I want to hear from you yeah. what your opinion was as well. But she literally kept telling him what to do. Okay, set the clock back. She said, like, that's a joke. I mean, Brian would have said, this is what Brian said when she said that. He said, uh, guess what? Jesus. You just lost like six seconds. Move on. 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Move on. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I actually felt that, you know, again, the the moderator, he opened by saying that this isn't about me. This is about them. This is for the, you know, the, I'm paraphrasing, but this is for the American people to hear what these two people are bringing to the table. And in reality is he did inject himself somewhat into the debate. And we and that reopens the question of how fair are these debates going to be when you have a moderator who is openly biased moderating them? And we're going to, so now we're going to have this with three more debates, the two presidential debates and the one vice, vice presidential debate where that is going to be a critical factor. Yeah, something else that bothered me, too, was Hillary challenging Trump and claiming that he was for the Iraq war. And it's like, uh, first of all, Donald Trump was not in political office at the time. Right. And and secondly, I mean, how many people can go back to the exact moment that we went into Iraq in 2003 and say exactly what they were thinking at the time? Um, I can because I'm politically aware that way. But in, in, in the case of Donald Trump, I mean, you know, he's got businesses to run, things to do. Uh, it's It wasn't really imperative at the time for him to go on the record about how he felt. Well, Lenora, I yeah, want but guys, to bring... he brings it up because he keeps insisting that he was against the Iraq war from the beginning, which, by the way, he wasn't. And I'm kind of shocked that he keeps saying that because it's on the record that he uh, he told Howard Stern he supported it. He completely spun his answer to Neil Cavuto. If you read it, it's mush. He doesn't come out against the war. He doesn't come out for it. He really needs to stop talking about it if he doesn't. I mean, he really introduced that topic. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for him on that issue. He wasn't in political office, but he's the one who keeps saying, I'm smarter than everyone else in the room. I'm the only person in the world who was opposed to the Iraq war before it happened. It's not true. So he needs to not. I mean, I frankly am kind of insulted when he said that, hey, is somebody who still supports the Iraq war. I think we should have gone in. I'm glad we went in. We won. We got Obama out. threw it away. I kind of resent the way Trump kind of disses our heroes who went over there and did a great job by implying that the whole thing was a disaster. It wasn't. Okay, but it's That's but, another story. But anyway, he did not he say that. It up. He did not say that, yeah. and he was against the war before the war jumped no, off. And he explained no, no, that he no, did he a mush interview. He said, I did this mushy interview where I basically said, I don't know, whatever, possibly, I don't know. Oh, and no, no, but he did, listen, he didn't, I listen, he didn't say that. He, he did said, say that. Yeah, I guess we should. That's and then when exact word. No, he didn't say that. Him, no, he did read, not. Read the transcript. What are you talking about? I just listened to it. 
I'm talking about the debate. He supported our going into Iraq. And then he oh, said, oh, on Howard Stern. Were... He talked about Howard Stern tonight. He's, but what he said is true. Before the war jumped off, okay. he was against right. it. And then, and, and then Neil Cavuto interviewed him. I think that was before the war. But what he said tonight was, I was very strong with Neil Cavuto. I was against it. No, he wasn't. Read the transcript. It's, it's a big, mushy, nothing statement. And he says, I think President Bush is doing a pretty good job. And that's an, I know, but, but then, was, then he was talking statement. to Sean Hannity. Remember Sean Hannity? Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hannity says they used to argue about it. But on the record, twice that he cited tonight, he was either for it or he was neutral on it. But he was just Versus, a citizen. My whole point is, he was. My whole point is, he doesn't want. He didn't really have a a strong opinion. That's what he was saying until he started arguing with Hannity. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. This is a waste of a conversation. It is. Because what's amazing about all of this, you know, I'm I'm watching all of these really strong conservative people on this talk show right now who are screaming about whether Trump was for or against the war when it started. And yet who cares? Because – the critical point that should have been made by any Republican running for office is who cares where you were before or after? It was when Barack Obama took over, the surge had succeeded, the country was pacified, and he hands off a country a successful yes. war. So who cares about what happened before or after? Yeah, the entire well, region. I, I the, the entire because region had been. I, I care because Donald Trump has maligned. George W. Bush. Now, Bush Bush blew it in a lot of ways. Bush is not the conservative I wanted him to be. One thing he did magnificently was take on uh, the, the terrorists in Afghanistan and what was perceived by the entire world as being a threat to our well-being when he went into Iraq. And frankly, I resent Donald Trump continuing to malign that heroic act, and if he doesn't want to, to be uh, called out on lying about it, he needs to stop bringing it up. Hillary's out to lunch, period, end of story. No defending her. He was, but he's the one who keeps bringing up about his brilliance on Iraq, and I think he's, I think he's being dishonest about it. Hillary I, I directly I, accused him of that, and he has, a, he has an article, article in inquire, uh, the... Um, Vanity Fair, or one of those two. Yeah. Um, uh, but he has an article that's print, it's in print. But just after the debate, immediately after the debate, he actually took the time to go and speak with Hannity, and Hannity corroborated that yes, we had debates even before the war where you were against. It. I, I that's think what this he is said. that's what Hannity said. But this is such a waste for Donald I mean, Trump because you know you have conservatives now but split Hillary about. Accused him directly. I understand that, but the point is, is that he could have spent so much time deflecting off of that and get to the but real point. But Trump did not bring it up tonight. Hillary did. Fine. Well, here's here's the thing. Here, here's the bottom line. I mean, we could go in a circular discussion about Trump and what he thought in 2003 all night long. But here's the real the point that needed to be made and still does. And that is that uh, when Barack Obama took office and when Hillary Clinton was made the secretary of state, the Middle East was had been stabilized because of the action we took in Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, four years after they took office, the Middle East was in shambles. ISIS was growing. And uh, we had pulled all our troops out of Iraq and, and, and left them 
uh, basically uh, with uh, with a lot of bad players in, in place to make their moves. And, and, and today we see what it's become. It's all because of their dedication to tearing down what George W. Bush and our military had built up over the past uh, seven years before that. The bottom line is not, not, not only that, J.J., this, this is Patrick Scott, not, not only that, J.J., but when Hillary Clinton stands there and says, well, the Iraqi government wouldn't let us leave troops and they wouldn't let us do this and they wouldn't let us do that. You're telling me that a country that we are in for 13 years, that we ran, that we financed, we set up the government, everything else, we couldn't leave people there to smoke ISIS when they came out of Syria or wherever, six feet after they were over the border? That was nonsense. And Trump missed an opportunity there also because we could have reworked any deal we wanted to. Right. And it probably didn't help, especially when Hillary says, well, you know, we got to go after al-Baghdadi. Well, it's like, look, your freedom. In 2009, the Obama administration freed al-Baghdadi from Camp Bucha, and he set up shop in Raqqa in 2010. And then we have Benghazi. Hmm. You know, that was a big, huge mess that they created, and somehow they want to act like they're going to get tough on terrorism. They can't even say well, and, let's, and let's remember that Obama and Joe Biden both were on record crowing about what a success it was in Iraq. Of course, that's before Obama... Uh, threw it all away by, as has already been said, pulling our forces out prematurely. Exactly. As, as many have said before this, if Barack Obama's heart was in maintaining the gains we'd won in Iraq, that status of forces agreement would have been reached. They had to do it all through the Bush administration. They always found a way to do it. Fact is, uh, they didn't want to stay in there. And I wish, I, I agree, I wish Trump had focused on that rather than, again, going back to this nonsense that he was always against the war. Forget about that. Talk about how Obama and Hillary threw it away. We won. It was a success. They threw it away. He needs to focus on that. I don't think people are going to react negatively to that if he makes that case. Okay, first, I was for going into Iraq. I just want to make that clear. I'm not, like, one of the anti-war guys. I was a war hawk. I was against getting out of Iraq. I was for going into Afghanistan. I was against getting out of Afghanistan. Uh, so when I, when I was defending Trump, I want to be clear that I had a completely different opinion than he did. Right. You know, I, I don't think anybody could have foreseen. I actually supported going into Iraq. I thought that, you know, it created leverage over Iran and leverage over Saudi Arabia, the true villains in the Middle East. And I also thought that it stabilized um, Syria, Lebanon, and uh, we saw a lot less, lot less explosions going on in Israel. Uh, and yep. being said, uh, no one could have ever foreseen the enemy from within, the fifth column uh, in Barack Hussein Obama. No one could have ever foreseen someone with a, you know, with a whole different view on, you know, how Muslims are victims around the world from white oppression. No one could have ever seen us having a president with a middle name Hussein post 9-11. Nobody could have ever seen it happening. But, you know, if we knew that was going to happen down the road, of course, you know, things I think would have been different. Well, I want to get back to the debate in a minute, just for a little bit. I wanted, I wanted to, I want to bring up that when Brian and I were looking, and this is how bad our media has become, this is how bad everything around this campaign on both sides have become. When we were looking to decide what medium, you know, what station we were going to watch this debate on, 
We like She's went th- through three different stations because we w- the one that was moderating the Fox. The first one was Fox. I was like, oh god, well, no. No, well it was what's his name? Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. That's we were like, oh no, oh no. Then the next one Liberal. was what? I'm I don't remember. I was going through it all was, of them. It was uh, Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Oh, you're right. It was Stuff- I call him Stephanopoulos. And yeah. we were like, oh, no. I mean, did you? We ended up on CBS. <laughs> did you I call him a sarcophagus. Huh? Go ahead. What? He's a sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. But did, did you notice that? Like, you, you <laughs> couldn't. Like, who are you going to watch? CNN is good because you get all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, not no, CNN. C-SPAN. 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 I said, I said CNN. By we watch C-SPAN. C-SPAN for these events. I was going to watch C-SPAN, but, you know, I watched C-SPAN before, and they really didn't do a very good job, so I was upset. I mean, but this uh, is how bad it's gotten, guys. Am I, am I not right? No, you're right. JJ, what's the latest on the polls? Well, uh, just checking the uh, time poll, as a matter of fact, and, uh, well, now, don't you know, they've taken it down. Um, the, but the thing is, uh, you know, when you look at this. I um, have it right here online. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. It's, um, and, and I, again, it just, I just pulled it up. Hillary Clinton, 41%, Donald Trump, 59%. There's over well, almost half, half a million votes so, so far. That is amazing. I'm trying to hit refresh on my it's, time. Yeah. But uh, that's a big number. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is my apologies. That was my fault. I pulled up the time site and it it immediately started playing on my computer. Um, You know, but but honestly, I believe that, uh, you know, when you look at this and this debate, obviously, um, as I said, it didn't meet the expectations. And I honestly don't think that, uh, you know, a hundred million people were sitting on the edge of their chair all night. I lost interest uh, fairly quickly. I, I, I just stopped watching the video and uh, was working feverishly in the studio. And, and as I listened, um, it, it, it just struck me that, uh, yeah, Donald Trump, I think, is holding back. I think that that um, first of all, what do you, what do you do when when the expectations are low to begin with, as they were for Donald Trump? He didn't want to make any major mistakes, and I don't think he did. But um, I think the important thing is, as as others have alluded to as well, is is the the adjustments that he's going to make with his campaign staffers uh, preparing for the second and third debates. And I think that by the time the third debate gets here, he's going to have things tightened up very well. Yeah, he, I think you're will. right. And, I agree. You know, I think, I think you have, I think, Scott, I think you mentioned this. Uh, if you remember last go-around, Romney cleaned Barack Obama's clock, the first debate, yay. And then, unfortunately, debate two came along. And if I remember, course, you know, Obama had been taking a week or two weeks of people just ripping him for his abysmal performance. He about came out of his chair for the first question. He was so... You could say, see, see, wired up and ready to do better. And I suspect Donald Trump next time around will be much better prepared. I think he's probably going to hear it from the few people who can speak into his life, who he listens to, and who you know. I saw Laura Ingram on Fox News just before I uh, I called in. Of course, she's a big Trump supporter, and you could tell she was disappointed. I think she was part of his. Uh, debate prep too if i'm if i'm correct and she made some comments about how well she thought well prepared hillary clearly had been i.e the implication was my guy wasn't as well prepared so i suspect he's we're going to probably see a much improved debater uh in whenever the next debate is next That's couple the, weeks or whatever 
So it'd be interesting to see. And that's but, the Paul Preston's point, where I think he's uh, Paul's right that that uh, Trump is an excellent learner. He's a very fast study, quick study. But the case with Obama was a bad example because Obama was asleep for the first debate because he already knew they had to fix him for the election. But then they got on his case because, well, he made it so obvious. So then he had to come out and act like a circus and bread for everybody. And here we are back in the same game. So I'm looking at some tweets about this from famous people, and you have you have Michael Reagan saying she ended up looking and acting more presidential. It's the truth. But then you have then you have a quote from uh, Stephen Hayes saying he was better early, she was better late. Better to be better early. So maybe when Trump was strong, it was more impactful. So you know it's a bit it's a mixed bag with the way people are viewing this. Well, that's okay. I mean, I don't think anybody hit a home run, and. I just, you know, I'm glad that the guy, you know, the, the person I'm supporting happens to be Trump, uh, didn't crash and burn. He didn't do that. And I think that we're going to live to see another day on this one. I agree. And I'm really happy that, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't get the full breadth tonight. We're going to get it in the, in the next couple of debates. And uh, it's going to be a completely different uh, type of debate in the second one and the third one. And uh, Donald will dominate because people are tired of her. That's what we're seeing right now. I'm looking at this time survey down here, Donald Trump, 59, Hillary Clinton, 41. People are just tired of her. 30-some years. Come on. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, the bottom line is, and I said this on my show today, there are many pragmatic reasons for people to vote for Donald Trump. Not so for Hillary Clinton. Right. Exactly right. Well, before we get cut off, and I, I think we might have some time for some more comments, but I want to uh, want to reintroduce everybody that's part of this live uh, debate coverage where we're talking about the debate. This is supposed to be coverage over at Red State Talk Radio. J.J. McCartney, J.J. McCartney hosts the J.J. McCartney show from 3 to 5 p.m. live weekdays. We have Brian and Susan Bonner. Uh, hosts of Uncooperative Radio. And Brian, when do your shows air again? 10 p.m. Eastern Time, live Saturday and Sunday on redstatetalkradio.com. Great. Live. We're, lots They're of live. live. <laughs> We're, we have tremendous amount of live coverage these days. Uh, Steve Pauls also uh, hosts a show called Striker Radio. Steve, you're also connected with ClashDaily.com, and you host Striker Radio. When do you air again? Uh, Saturday night, various times, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. All right. Go to the Red State uh, uh, menu and you'll see the schedule. And Paul Preston, host of Agenda 21, he airs every weekday, 9 to 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, and then re-airs Encore on the Encore channel from 12 to 3 p.m. So it's most of the day you can get a piece of Paul Preston. And then they're, right, Paul? Yep. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And uh, you're also uh, encoring on the weekend, and sometimes you send us live shows, and it's great. And then Patrick Perneri, uh, he wrote the book Commoner Sense, The Working Man's Guide to well, – how's, how's that go, Patrick? The Working Person's Guide to America. All right. And what is the name of your show, and when does it air? It's the Commoner Sense Hour. We're on uh, 1 a.m. Tuesday through Saturday, and then various times uh, over the weekend on the uh, Prime and Encore channels. All right. 
And uh, we also have Jay Borowski, who has a new show with Red State Talk Radio. It's called Borowski Report. And I'm also sharing the mic with my lovely co-host, Leonora Cravota. Scott Adams Show, 8 a.m. and Eastern Standard Time and at various times uh, throughout the weekend. So before we get cut off on a hard, hard uh, break, uh, does anyone have any final comments that they'd like to make? Hillary needs to smile less and Trump needs to smile more. Patrick, <laughs> <laughs> amazing simplicity. JJ, JJ, you always have something to say. Well, I just want to say that, uh, you know, I, I consider everybody here uh, brothers in the same army. And, uh, you know, we've got a fight ahead of us. And I just look forward to the cooperation that we're going to see on Red State Talk Radio. I know that all of us want the best thing for our country. And uh, I think as we cooperate and uh, grow, and I know that we're growing all the time, uh, it's it, victory is within our grasp. We just have to get the work done. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.